0: Hello and welcome to Breathe Fit and Free with your host, Nasi Sheikh. In this podcast, we will explore together the struggles of being healthy and going through fitness transformations and come up with precise solutions. I am a fitness instructor and a nutrition expert and I would like to share my ongoing health journey so we can collectively inspire each other to be healthy and breathe fit and free. In today's episode, we will talk about internalizing body image oppression and the whole idea of diet culture and how it impacts us and how to overcome us. And we have an amazing guest who will be talking about all of this. So let's go ahead. I would like all of my lovely listeners to welcome this amazing, amazing lady that I have gotten the pleasure to know. And it's my honor to have her on my show today and having my own personal experience where I have liberated myself into breathing fit and free and I do this with my clients. I would definitely want to have her insight and her value onto my show where she will give the whole value about living confidently and loving deeply. I would like to introduce and welcome Corona Lynn onto my show. Please welcome. Hi, welcome to my show Corona.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me today.
0: It's my pleasure. So I would like to know a little bit of your backstory. Where, how did you come into starting this work of yours? And body liberation coach is a very big thing according to me. It's a a huge (laughs) thing according to me. And I think people need this, especially in fitness world, even to even take the first step towards fitness and becoming healthy. But why is it important? I would like to know that from you. So how did you get into the whole idea of body liberation?
1: Mm, I love this question. Um, So I spent um, about 25 years of my life um, Mm -hmm. feeling like my body wasn't good enough. I was dieting and restricting my food from the age of probably like five Mm -hmm. just you know as a self as a child thinking my body is too big my body is there's something wrong with my body and so I would um, I would model what I saw in adults around me and start trying to change what I was eating and Mm -hmm. change my body and Mm -hmm. that went on to being like 25 years of various versions of Dieting and weight loss um, attempts and strategies, and I tried all. I did all kinds of things, mm-hmm. and I constantly had the experience of failing at diets. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't stick to them. It was so hard. It was so hard to um, like I was cheating all the time, or I was mm-hmm. breaking my diet all the time. These are the this is the language that was used around it, and. I just felt like I was like a failure um, because I couldn't get my body to look like what seemed to be the ideal for women's bodies. I couldn't get my body to be like their bodies. And it seems like that's what everyone wanted. That's what men wanted. That's what... Like was attractive that's what was confident like that's what it meant is you know looking like that certain body type and I could never get there and I thought it was me I felt like a personal failure and mm-hmm. whenever I got pregnant with my son right before that I was in the smallest body I would ever been in and I, I felt so accomplished and so confident and then pregnancy wildly changed my body and it does all kinds of things you have no control over. Um, And then after I had my son, about six months after I had my son, my body started changing again. And Mm -hmm. I had the experience of, so there's there's a lot of like really toxic pressure in my opinion, Um, for people who have had babies or gone through any version of pregnancy to like bounce back, like get back to your pre baby body, which literally doesn't exist. Like you can't, you can't go backwards in time, but anyways, um, my body did my body went back to how it was before after I had my son but then six months later it started changing mm-hmm. and my body started growing and I wasn't doing anything different mm-hmm. and I had a newborn and I was trying to like figure out my own life and how to like have a husband and a baby and like how to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it proved like so impossible. And I was like trying to diet again, trying to change what we were eating, but I didn't have enough time. and I didn't have enough energy. Like there was so many things I was trying to juggle. And I thought like, it's me it's me. It really is me. Like I've been doing this for so long. It's me. It's my fault that I can't do this. Like I'm broken. Something is wrong with me that I can't stick to this diet, that I can't, you know, be disciplined enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I, I like put into Google food counseling. (laughs) That's literally, I've been doing like personal therapy for years. Um, I really value mental health work. And I was like, maybe there's something or around food, like maybe there's somebody that specializes and can help me fix my problem with food. I thought it was my problem with food. And that led me down a journey of learning about intuitive eating and health at every size and this whole alternative world that I had never known existed where it's possible to be healthy at any size body and the idea was first introduced to me that it's not required, like you said earlier when we were talking before the show, um, that it's not required to be skinny to be healthy. like They're not mutually exclusive.
0: They, They are not. Wow,
1: I literally have never, heard that. I've never, you know, had an experience of that. That was always, that seems what everybody is like aiming for. Doctors want you to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Advertisements tell me I need to lose weight. Like it's always about making my body smaller, making my body smaller, but wait, there's actually research that says I don't have to have a small body to be healthy. What? (laughs) I don't have to like, and it just blew my mind. And so that really led me down this like a total unraveling journey, um, because so much of my life had been tied up in uh, focusing on my body size and my food and dieting and weight loss and exercise and working out and sweating and losing, like so much of my mind space and my life had been consumed with that. And so I went on my own journey of like really unraveling all of that and and came to, to discover that it wasn't i thought it was just about food i thought it was just about my body size but there were actually there are actually so many things in our lives Mm -hmm. that impact the way that we feel about our bodies it's not just literally the food we eat it's not just the scale there's so many of our experiences that influence us because so because of the ideals in the world about bodies, especially about women or female identifying people in in, in our bodies. And as I unraveled that with my own journey, I started seeing it in friends and family, and the conversation started coming up, and the people that I was talking with were having similar experiences. And that's really how my work got started of recognizing I did my own, like on my own unraveling work to really find freedom because I I was always pretending, and I thought pretending was normal. I thought it was, normal to pretend to be confident. I thought it was normal to pretend to like be happy. Like I thought I just, it, it was all very subconscious. I just thought it was all normal. And I started talking with other people who were having similar experiences of like, oh, well, I, I have to change my body because it's what you know I've learned at church or I have to change my body because it's what my husband wants or like all of these ideas. And I was like, this is toxic. This is very toxic for so many reasons. And so that's really how I got into the work of, of working with other people to, to help kind of untangle all of this, which is what I call body liberation because it's not just about losing weight or changing our body size, or it's really about understanding all of the intersectional systems and experiences yes. that we've been a part of that influence how we feel about our bodies. And then how we feel about our bodies influences the way we show up in our lives. Definitely. In every area of our lives.
0: Definitely.
1: And And so that's, that's the journey of, of how I got here.
0: Wow. It's it's quite amazing and I'm actually, thank you. You know, I think think people like you need to be shown a lot of gratitude for thinking the way you do and for letting the world know what your thoughts are and helping people overcome all the struggles that they're going through related to their own body and how they feel within that body and how they look at themselves. Because it's a whole journey and I feel that's the first step for taking towards moving healthy. It's amazing. So thank you for that. So coming down to body shame, it is a big thing in the world. And nowadays the world is definitely bringing out new trends where they are the plus size models and they are models are walking the ramps with cellulite being shown and with all their, um, all their body roles being exposed and women are coming out. Things are changing. But I feel no matter how much, how much ever the world changes or the perspective changes, there is still, I feel something is wrong with the foundation where people look at uh, overweight people or, uh, or people who are struggling with their own body, they look at them in a very different way. And they have this, without understanding, they expect a lot out of such people. And I feel, I'm sure there are men who are facing the problems, but I feel more women are facing. So I would definitely not want to say that no only women are going through something like that. But I I know personally because my brother is also, uh, he I love my brother's attitude. He is an overweight person, and but he's quite tall and people do tell him a lot of things. But he has this whole attitude inside his head that if I want to do something for my health, it should come from me and not because somebody is telling me to do it and Mm -hmm. you know I am the way I am and I love it okay I know it is affecting my health I will work for it but not because somebody is telling me and he has this way of cutting off people away from his life who bring this kind of toxicity in his life so it is amazing how yeah it's amazing Mm -hmm. how he does it and he does it so effortlessly and (laughs) and I am more of the emotional kind of a person so I don't understand how he does it but yeah (laughs) So, but I feel such people are also there, you know, who know how to tackle this in a very nice way and continue living a very happy life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so coming down to a lot of body shame. And I used to in school, in college, whenever I used to, you know, when I was a little girl, when I had come for my uncle's wedding and the way all my relatives looked at, and, and looked at me and commented about me, it was... It was gut wrenching and I was just, Mm -hmm. I was just 12 years old at that time and Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what people were doing to me, but somehow it affected me a lot. And I went through this whole starvation phase. I was 12. I didn't realize it. So all those changes made me put on weight. And it was weird. Those few years of my life were very weird. So I would like to know what does body shame mean to you? And what does it actually look like to you? Because this is what it looked like to me. But I would definitely like to know from your side.
1: Yeah, I, um, I had very similar experiences, okay. I think. So my personal experience with body shame really revolved around the idea of believing and deeply feeling like something was wrong with me and my body. Body shame was intimately connected to my belief about myself as a whole, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. <clears throat> was something I didn't fully understand until I really started working through this on my own. but I like I felt like my body, my physical body was too big, too too fat, too tall, too this, too that, too much. and there and and that was directly reflected in how I felt about myself as a human. like I am I am too much. I am too loud. I am too this like too much. Or too much was a very common thing. Yeah. Parallel simultaneously with like not enough, like not skinny enough, not funny enough, not, you know, blonde enough, whatever it was, which I'm not blonde. So that was
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and I think the like concept of body shame mm-hmm. is something that we're not inherently born with. Yes. It is an internal experience that we have with how we feel about ourselves, but it comes from an external experience with other people, and and systems and individuals who, like you said, with your experiences, like comment on our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's where it, that's where I believe it really starts. And, it's, and then it carries over into like, it's not good enough and I need to change it because they said so. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot of, just in a historical perspective, speaking of like women specifically, women historically have been conditioned to operate and show up in the world for men yes like this is what men want this is what we do yes um and it's very there's so much toxicity inside of that because it really strips us of our identity and we don't exist for men we don't at all but that's the historical context in the way that we've been trained and conditioned in so many ways And so body shame comes from a lot of that idea of of here's this standard of beauty that's been perpetuated in mainstream culture of this is what it looks like and this is what men want. And my body doesn't align with that, which I would say probably like a solid 95% of the human population doesn't align with that, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it such does. an unrealistic standard. It does. And then we get caught up in the loop of, of comparing ourselves to that. And that's, I mean, for me, it was like, it it looks like in my life in the past like weighing myself every day and it looks like hiding my body, like not wanting to be seen, my body to be seen by my husband once I got married, wanting to wear like really baggy clothes, always like thinking of like what's flattering on my body, trying to hide how much I ate or what I would eat, just in social situations, um, trying to avoid making it seem like Oh, I'm eating that, you know, which is, it's a food shame, but it's related to body shame. So, I mean, there's, there's countless ways that I've experienced it show up in my life and a lot of it has all boiled down to coming from what other people have said to me you Mm -hmm. know or or listening to what other people say about themselves Mm -hmm. because sometimes it wasn't I mean I probably started dieting and like watching what I was eating Mm -hmm. honestly probably like around six or seven so so young and that was because of what other people around me were doing it wasn't necessarily Necessarily because of what anybody said to me but I saw that women in my lives constantly critiquing their bodies yeah. constantly saying their bodies were too fat and they needed to lose weight and and I've always been I mean I'm six feet tall so like I just have a big body, body yeah. and so even as a child knowing and recognizing I look different than other people I need to change myself because I need to look like everyone else that was the narrative it was going through my head because I saw other people doing it. I saw adults doing that, and and so it wasn't necessarily always like somebody saying, "Karana, you're too fat. You need to change your body." Mm-hmm. It was, "Oh, they're doing it. If it's uh, if there's something wrong with them, there must be something wrong with you." too.
0: with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. It is it's it's just painful listening to it. So I can't imagine what must have been your experience. But but I'm I am glad that things have changed and it's yeah. becoming better. <laughs> so that's great. So according to me, I think this whole concept of body shame at least comes in our lives. Like how you suggested, because of the cultural, the historical cultural expectations that were thrown upon us, and that we were expected to have corset type bodies, and you know those. Women used to tighten themselves with corsets and, and, you know, we had to be presented this way and we had to look this way, our hair had to be that way and last week I had spoken to this wonderful lady who was talking about self-love related to her hair. You know, sometimes the struggle comes from even something as small as hair. So, you know, mm-hmm. I get it that we all struggle through different things and I think what's put out, you know, when we see summer related advertisements or or beauty related advertisements, the model that has been given to us and what's expected mm-hmm. out of us is, I think, quite unrealistic and it is quite difficult. So I feel the whole idea of body shame, where it's coming from, it's not a right way that we should look at it. But what do you think? Where does the whole idea of body shame come from? Comes
1: from. Yeah, I I think that the experience of body shame, um, like you said, comes so much from what we see in mm-hmm. in culture and especially especially in mainstream media. Yeah, yeah. Um, because just. Psychologically, the way that uh, media works and the way that we interact with media of any sort—social media, TV, movies, radio shows—like what we hear and what we see—sends a message to us, even if it's not direct. And so if what we see just, you know, in movies, for example, if what we see is always like very small people, like people in smaller bodies or who have certain attributes Mm -hmm. and we understand people in movies are very popular and people in movies get paid a lot, oh, that must be, the, the they are the most beautiful. Yeah. They must be the most desired. And that's very rarely is that like explicitly said. Yes. Um, and that's just the... The subconscious messaging that comes through stuff like that, and I think the experience of body shame—it's so so intersectional and it's so multifaceted. It and this is. is this is really the like the core of my work because there's so there's so many layers. So, for example, um, in America, in in Christianity, just using mm-hmm. Christianity for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, I mean, this could be anywhere, but there is this underlying theme within a lot of the understanding and the way that some of the scriptures in the bible are taught to people mm-hmm. of your job as a woman according to the bible is to please your husband mm-hmm. and to do everything possible to maintain your attractiveness to keep your husband attracted to him yeah the bible does not explicitly say that no. anywhere <laughs> but that is how it's, it's- taught indirectly (laughs) or when it is direct it's like woman to woman like women encouraging other women to do this because this is what is most holy it's like that's not what the bible says and that's a very toxic idea because that perpetuates that my body as a woman exists for my husband and that's not true so there's like and there's many different like religious experiences along the same lines within several cultures and several religions the idea that women exist for men is perpetuated within a lot of religion there's the medical profession industry Mm -hmm. you know that perpetuates this Because BMI, the Body Mass Index, Index, whenever it was originally created, it was created just as an experimental research tool. It was never designed to in any way actually be a measure of health. That's not what it was designed for. And even the creator explicitly said, this is not what it's for. It was just like a research experiment <laughs> to see the uh, things about the population it was just a tool he was using and then it's been like totally morphed into this like yeah. health tool and it's not it's not what it's what it's for and there's there's so much history i mean i'm, I'm most familiar with the the history in america of course and There's so much history of, like, it didn't used to be this way. Like, we didn't used to believe this about bodies. We didn't used to think that thinness was equal to health. Mm -hmm. That was not perpetuated in the medical industry, um... And it's morphed into that for so many like toxic reasons. reasons and yes. to me personally, I find it very interesting to understand the history um, because that's how we understand what we experience today. Like this is why, and so when we go to the doctor and I mean, I've, I've had this experience and I have so many friends that have had this experience as people who are in bigger bodies, when you go to the doctor and you have, you know, your arm is hurting because you fell down and they focus on your weight. Well, you need to lose weight. That's why your arm is hurting. What? <laughs> no, like, no, that's not. And, and it's really, there's a lot of like toxicity within the medical profession because um, health at every size is not something that's taught in medical school. Yeah. Like it's taught you have to be within a certain range, a certain, and then there's the whole idea of like overweight and obese and all these things it's like they're not indicators of health they're not it's just a number on a scale there's so many other indicators of health Um, and so it's perpetuated in like because of course everyone wants to be healthy yes of course we do of course that is so normal that's so important but it's taught to us that in order to be healthy our bodies have to look a certain way or be a certain size or fall under a certain number and that's just not true. And so we go through our whole lives and it starts as children. Like the experience starts as children of like, if you eat that candy, you're gonna get fat. Like, so the, the instruction from childhood is fat. Fat is bad, candy is bad. And then we attach morality to food. As children, as three-year-olds, as five-year-olds, I don't wanna be fat. Fat is bad, being big is bad. And then it just, it like gets added to and gets more complex throughout our whole our whole lives and okay. so then it becomes internalized and we think oh it's me it's just me we d- and we don't understand like all of this these so many of these layers of conditioning because it's just been our experience
0: our okay. whole lives oh wow
1: <laughs> yeah
0: this is, this, is, <laughs> this is just giving me a whole next level of uh, things to think about and and, you know, it it gives an insight of different minds, the kind of thoughts they might be going through or where they come from and why they feel the things they feel. So yeah. So having uh, understood about different aspects of body shame, where it comes from, how it impacts our life in different ways that it finds a way into our life from our childhood to different experiences, kind of insight that you have given today to me and I'm sure my listeners are also getting a lot of value and they are trying to understand their own lives and their own thoughts and their own minds. I would definitely want to have more of this insight from you. I started this interview thinking that I would have a a nice one hour long episode with you but i don't think that's possible because i want to take all the value that you're giving and i want to definitely spread it out to my side of the world to my community and to my listeners so having said that i would definitely want to catch up with you again and i want to talk more in detail about what your work has and and how to overcome how it is impacting our daily lives so with all this because all this is very important and Let's catch up again next week. And I would definitely want to have another episode where we discuss all of this in detail. So, Thank you to all my listeners who are listening. Please do think about everything that has been shared by Corona today and the kind of insights that she has given to you and, and the kind of work that she does and people who are struggling with your own body issues, with body shame. I definitely want you to come to me or I will be definitely sending link of my lovely guest also. Her link will be given in the description of how to get in touch with her. You can definitely do that and any support and any help will be given from my side as well so definitely do connect with me and as usual i would always say that stay healthy stay hydrated and take care of yourselves see you soon